Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Librarian Influencers Podcast today, and I'm very excited to have Washington, D.C. librarian Ellen Dodsworth. So Ellen, tell us a little bit about your background in the library. Uh, yes, so uh, ever since I was little, I started working in libraries uh, in elementary school as a volunteer. And um, then went on uh, high school years, I worked at my public library. Wow. Um, college years, I put my worked myself through college at Marquette University for four years working in the library. Uh, I worked then as a staff member at a law firm, a uh, staff member at University of Chicago, mm-hmm. two of their libraries, a uh, staff member of University of North Florida. Uh, then I decided to go to grad school for librarianship because <laughs> uh, I figured I was working a lot in libraries. Uh, I better do something about it. So seven years then, um, my first professional job was at... Um, at Georgetown University okay. uh, in the government documents department. And, um, oh, I must say that grad school at Catholic, uh, basically I worked as a ref- low paid reference librarian <laughs> to go through um, my graduate studies there. Okay. Uh, and, um, and then uh, it was very exciting. I was a librarian on a ship. Um, I did semester at sea. So I, I had taken a leave of absence from Georgetown University and sailed around the world oh. as, as a reference librarian on a ship, wow. um, which was a blast. And I would highly recommend that. Um, it was through the University of Pittsburgh, and now it's through uh, the University of Virginia. Okay. Is that yeah. a class? Um, no, I did that. That was my job. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, I took, um, I never took vacation at Georgetown. So I had all this vacation leave built up, um, which is another great way to do this. So when I took a leave of absence, I was being still being paid by Georgetown oh, wow. and the University of Pittsburgh because I was using all my vacation leave. Okay. And it was about three months. Wow. That is very, very interesting. I've never even thought of something like that. <laughs> and then um, uh, I took a brief absence. I became pregnant. I raised my kids, got them into school, and then um, started working for the DC public school system, which I've been with for 14 years. Okay. So long history. Yeah. Okay. So public school wise, it's just DC that you've worked? Correct. Okay. Right. Oh. So, and I know you had mentioned before um, when we were just chatting before the podcast started that that you actually live in another state. So, where where is your certification from? Is there a DC certification or? Uh, there is. Uh, in order to be certified in DC, you um, have to have your master's, okay. and um, and then as years progress, you do continuing ed. But uh, what's great is, as a librarian, you don't have to do the continuing ed necessarily in in library work, um, you know, our, our, because we have to be subject specialists basically in everything, you can do history classes, you can do, so you keep up continuing ed classes. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, that's good to know. All right. So seven years you were saying in, in the in the school libraries right now, what do you remember about those earliest years? Because that was even a transition from SHIP or reference librarian. What was that like to shift over to the school library? Um, yes. So my background basically is as a researcher mm -hmm. and uh, I knew that I wanted to be um, in a high school library um, just because the, you know, students being older and instructing them on research skills. And I, I realized working at, even working at some of the best institutions in the country, um, that students were coming in um, ill-prepared to be researchers. And um, so I thought, well, you know, let's, let's get into the high school level and and start there and trying to um, uh, encourage, you know, better research skills. Yeah. Okay. And so when you're thinking back to when you were starting, um, did you have any funny stories that you remember about what that was? <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, it's, it's interesting because I came into the DC public school system at a time where um, they started rehiring librarians. Yeah, okay. So there was, a, we kind of have, you know, kind of moved around full circle. So there was a point when um, DC basically got rid of all their librarians. Um, and then uh, when Chancellor Michelle Ree came in, which was, you know, 14 years ago, uh, she instituted that all schools, it was mandatory that they have a school librarian. So uh, I, just for the sake of it, I put my resume in and probably within a day, I was called by like 50 schools. Oh my gosh, wow. Um, yeah, it was, I was like, wow, you know. Uh, um, and the schools that I have worked at in DC are, are Title I schools. And particularly, I started at um, Spingarn Senior High School, which is no longer open. Um, but tough school. Um, there had been no activity in the library for over four years. Wow. Okay. Um, or and probably more than that. So I remember the principal giving me the keys and he said, just do something, <laughs> basically. Uh, the room was a disaster. It was, a, you know, overflow of um, broken furniture. <laughs> uh, you know, collection was neglected, yeah. and uh, so that was that was an interesting start, mm -hmm. um, and with no real support. Right. You know, just get in there and handle it. <laughs> so, uh, and a couple of years later, I found out that some of my colleagues um, were taking bets. Because here I was, a middle-class white woman <laughs> in this urban school, uh, the sadly neglected room, and uh, they were taking bets on me that I wouldn't last two weeks. <laughs> which was, I thought was funny. They told me that a couple years later and uh, they said that their, their impression of me 
had changed drastically. <laughs> so about students, you know, and you wanted to make a difference, you know. That's yes, and that's exactly it. Yeah, definitely. All right. So if you could send some advice back to your younger self, you know, what, what would you tell yourself when you're starting out? Um I think it's important not to um, pigeonhole yourself. Uh, I've, I've had a very um, varied career and, um, and I think being willing to also step, uh, particularly if you're gonna be in a public school urban city setting, um, you, you have to be willing to step out of the purview lines of your job mm. and be willing to lend a hand anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's important to remember. Also perseverance yes. and uh, uh, resiliency because you, you will make a difference. And when people see how hard you're working to uh, promote the library and um, getting the students engaged, it does, it is, it does make an impact. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Very good. All right. Well, tell us about right now. Like what kind of situation are you working in, in, in DC schools right now? Um, I think what's important for me, and we talked a little bit uh, before the show started, mm -hmm. uh, during COVID, it's, it's, hard because you're not uh you're not of course physically attached to your students like like you would normally be so my um event planning uh is very important to me i did uh you know when we were in person i would have at least two author visits a month oh a month wow <laughs> and um i would have uh you know lunch they would usually be during the lunch period and I would have um, catered lunch for the kids. Uh, and it was, it was great. It was something that they expected. So I wanted to make sure that even during this time, they can expect that same caliber of activity. Okay. So I have done um, a lot of event planning, virtual author visits, and this is where collaboration um, comes into play, okay. particularly during this time, uh, on, on multiple levels. Uh, so I have my itinerary of events and I do share them out with, um, my counterparts at the high schools. So it's about working, you know, working smarter, not harder. And if I can get more people involved, coming to the events, mm -hmm. then that's, that's a win-win. Yeah. So I'm helping my colleagues out as well as my own school and trying to pull in as many kids as possible during this uh, difficult time. Okay, so it sounds like y'all are 100% remote right now? Correct. Okay. All yeah. Right. So besides um, programming, is there anything else that you're really, that's really consuming your time at this point? Uh, yes, one of the things that I've been working on, I don't know um, if, you know, not all schools have this. We have um, uh, a platform called Canvas, mm -hmm. and a lot of schools use it uh, in order to post assignments. And right. one of the things I'm working on in collaboration uh, <laughs> with 
one of my teachers is building research modules. Oh, okay. Um, so basically taking the kids step by step through what I would show them in person, how to use the online catalog. Mm -hmm. And specifically, they are working on a, in this particular class, a specific project. So if they use the example of their project to work through the modules, at the end of doing all the activities that I've put together, they build out a bibliography of resources. Wow. So just by doing the simple activities, then I'm helping them to create their resource list to get them, you know, jump started for their activity. But creating those modules, um, you know, I keep rereading them to see, okay, does this make sense? And then I have to go out to student view, what's the student seeing? And yeah. you know, so I'm constantly tweaking them. But that so is, that takes a lot. That takes time. Definitely. But it also sounds like something that's going to last and past the pandemic, you know, something that you could possibly keep using. Oh, yes, most uh, most definitely. And then I've started talking with um, other teachers. And as we move into the next semester, they have projects that they want to set up. Okay. Um, so these modules just can be tweaked then for their particular course or project mm -hmm. um, and it's easy then within canvas once I you know I can be creating the modules in my own canvas page but I can then send the modules out to those teachers and they import them into their class so all right okay so in a way you're talking a little bit about the the influence that you have even on like the research process you know setting uh, kind of some guidelines or model up for that. What else would you say about the kind of influence that a librarian has on campus? Um, I think it's important for, um, in, are, are you asking for like in the pandemic or, <laughs> or in general? No, whichever one you okay. want. To okay, um, so I think particularly in this time, in the time of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, it's important to try and keep as much normalcy yeah. for the students as possible. Cause I know that um, it's weighing, you know, mentally this is a hard time and it is for a lot of people and, you know, trying to keep the students spirits up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so there's a couple different things I have. Not only do I have author visits, but then I also we also have a virtual um, book club. Okay. So those students who were normally in my book club, you know, are coming to those. And uh, something fun that I do is I have pizza shipped over <laughs> to their house. Really? Uh, so after we do the book club, you know, they can look forward to getting something special <laughs> I'm, I'm pizza now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the fun part to keep in and in a, a lot of ways what you're talking about reminds me of some social emotional learning you know you're talking about with that normalcy just trying to keep that warm environment you know that welcoming environment making the kids comfortable and um connecting with them so that's awesome that you found a way um or yeah you, and, ways to do um that. 
And it's very important because, and this is why earlier I said that we will do things outside the purview of our job that we might not have expected. Mm -hmm. So things that I, you know, would have done, you know, I sew clothes for kids or I might launder clothes, right? So there's things that, you know, you're not there daily to be taken care of. Um, So like I said, yes, I'm trying to keep things normal so that they realize I'm still here. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, when you think about the future, um, is there any other kind of influence that you want to start working on or that you're planning on? Um, I think it is, <laughs> I, I have to get better. One of your, um, last questions was how, how do uh, people get a hold of me yeah. on social media? <laughs> and I'm not really good at that. <laughs> um, so something that, um, well, you know, in a sense, that's a job in itself. Yes. And so this is where collaboration comes in again. Um, so I have people um, very supportive on my staff, like one of our history teachers, I'm going to call out um, Olivia Lucas. And uh, so, and also our PTO president, um, Heather Scholl. Um, So they create the flyers for me to put on Instagram. Ah, okay. So I feed them the info um, and then all my stuff gets put out on the, um, on my high school's Instagram. I do, do not have my own Instagram. So question though, what kind of influence do you want to work on this year? I perhaps want to get better at uh, personally taking care of, of um, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. So it's working, so take that, definitely. All right, now you've talked a lot, I mean, collaboration is obviously a key thing for you. You know, that's a word that keeps coming out of your mouth, you know, with every different thing that we're talking about. And that's awesome. So um, let's talk a little bit about literacy programming, because it sounds like that's also something that's fundamentally important to you. Um, Yes. So in particular, um, a, a lot of the kids that I service in my school might not have access to books. Okay. And so uh, there are a lot of organizations, and this is one of the things for new librarians is to um, know those librarians that, or excuse me, know those organizations that can support you in your community. Yeah. Um, and there's many organizations in DC that I work through to make these events possible, and then also to get free books copies of the books to the students okay Okay. Uh, so in particular in dc uh you have the penn faulkner foundation um you also have uh an open book foundation and you also have um hooks books events and then also like uh area bookstores independent bookstores uh east side books in dc so uh, Mahogany Books mm-hmm. is, is another one. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, uh, it's very important. There's, um, you know, 
collaboration key players on multiple levels. And one are the, the organizations that are near you that can support you, uh, your PTO or PTA, um, of course, your faculty and uh, staff and administrators. Um, let's see, who else did I have? Uh, community partners, PTO. Oh, and your other, um, of course, your other high school librarians or your other librarians that are in your grade level. Um, so it's good to, you know, work within those support networks to well, make yeah. things happen. When you first were starting, though, how did you find out about those community organizations? Because I know when you're, start, you know, first starting, you're wondering, like, who, who will help me? <laughs> how did yeah. you? Yes. And uh, um, it was kind of uh, trial by error, a word of mouth. Word of mouth. Um, uh, there were times when, like, for instance, when Spin Garden High School closed, I, I was not going to leave the library collection there. So I needed to pack it up and move it to Eastern, which is where I am now. Um, and I needed to get funding to buy all the boxes. <laughs> so, uh, so I called around and you know, somebody had suggested the Capitol Hill Community Foundation. They had these mini grants that I could quickly write and, you know, for small amounts of money. And um, so I did that. I got the money for that. Uh, so it was basically word of mouth. And I must say that once you prove yourself and you continue to work with those organizations, they keep coming back. Wow. Okay. Supporting you. So for instance, Capitol Hill Community Foundation has funded every project I have asked for over the last 14 years. And so I'm, I, you know, I must give a shout out to them. Wow. Um, so, it, I mean, that's within a certain um, vicinity, mm -hmm. but there are organizations like that, that, that once you prove yourself yeah. um, that you're committed and, um, that you're going to be there for, you know, you're not a fly by night, right. uh, you know, they will back you. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So that even sounded like some good tips for people who are just starting out. Do you have any other tips for them if they're wanting to start thinking about collaboration and relationships or literacy programming or. Um, yeah. Well, in addition, um, I think knowing, no, uh, going in, knowing maybe perhaps um, a budget is not going to be there <laughs> or, or a smaller budget than you would like. So I think um, honing grant writing skills, okay. very important. Um, you know, uh, nationally, things like um, uh, the Laura Bush Foundation grant. Okay. Which, oh. Incredibly generous. Okay. Um, James Patterson, uh, you know, another, uh, another individual. Um, so I think keeping that in mind okay. yeah. that you, you might have to use a lot of ingenuity yeah. to make things happen, but that's why I say, you know, we're, we're action agents because mm -hmm. we do what it, what we need to do to make things happen. Exactly. Right. 
And I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I used to buy a grant service for the region of Texas where I worked so that the library coordinators, you know, could go there and look. Um, but they actually have a free version of it on Permabound um, under their resources. So if you ever want to just go and filter through grants, you know, like look for literacy grants or they even make you put in what state you are in case there are some that are tied with your, I guess your district, but um, tied into the vicinity, you know, where you live. So that's a free service on that website. So um, just, what, uh, what's the name of that? Permabound. It's, it's a permabound. Oh, permabound. Okay. Go to their resources tab and there's a grant um, grant search that shows up there in the search. Okay. See, word of mouth. <laughs> it works. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Ellen, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. you. You've shared a lot of different ways that you are doing all these innovative things, where, where do you learn about these things? Or where do you, what's kind of stimulates you? Where do you go to to keep learning? Um, well, we, I mean, there's always, I talked about continuing ed, but there's always, uh, we have um, a great library director, um, Kevin Washburn. Uh, so there's always professional development. Okay. Um, and of course, meeting, you know, meeting with our, colleagues right. across the district. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, being involved or going to conferences like for ALA or for DCLA um, or whatever your state organization is for librarians. It's important to, you know, be involved with that. Um, and um, well, particularly if you're in, you know, a city uh, location, um, there always seems to be a lot of literary events or guest speakers at, say, at um, uh, at universities or colleges. So taking advantage of those. Definitely, yeah. And don't you? You have a big one in DC itself, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So we have a number of universities within DC. I mean, you got Georgetown, George Washington, American Catholic, um, George Mason. So there's a large, oh, Howard. Um, yeah. So there's a lot to take advantage of. Definitely. That's awesome. All right. Now you mentioned you're not big on social media, uh, but what is the name? Tell us how we can find your high school's Instagram or their sure. website. Um, so my high school's Instagram is um, at Eastern HS okay. and the uh, school website is Eastern High School DCPS.org. Great. All right. And so if anybody wants to reach out to you, um, how can they connect with you if they want to find out more about what you're talking about? Yes. Uh, so I can be reached at my um, professional email. That's Ellen.dodsworth at k12.dc.gov or my cell phone 443-624-2945. And also one thing I do wanna say, you know, in turn, I, and maybe it's just my age, um, <laughs> the, I'm in the twilight of my <laughs> professional career, um, but, I, I feel that there needs to be like a unified voice. So like for instance, using Instagram, um, 
I thought it important that it come from a cent. All, all my messaging comes from a centralized location within my school. Um, instead of me putting stuff out there that all of a sudden might not be, might not vibe with the principal or something like that. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense to have have a, a school related. Um, social media site like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Good, a good tip there. Well, Ellen, it's been fun talking to you and getting to know you more. Uh, I'm definitely going to follow your high school's page so I can learn a little bit more, you know, about what's going on in that part of, of America for me. Um, but thanks so much for chatting with me today. And I hope you have a great day. And I look forward to learning more from you in the future. All right. Thanks. Thanks.